0: Okay, I'm caught. It's a joy to be with you this morning. I thank you for the opportunity. If I can get the microphone unhooked. You know, I stood beside the grave of a 76-year-old woman, and it was a very sad day. There were only a few friends and family members who were even there, and the reason is it's because through her life she had pretty much driven everyone away. I got to know Frances because her parents attended the church that I was pastoring at. And as the parents grew a little bit older, they became shut-ins, and I visited them every week. And as mom got a little older in her 90s, that's when Frances came and and moved in with her to help take care of her. One day, she actually opened up with me and told me her story. She said that she had been molested as a child by one of the farmhands that her dad had hired, and I admit to you that I can't even imagine the trauma that someone would go through who had been through that. I don't know how you ever get over something like that, and Frances never did. She became a very angry and bitter woman. Her constant saying was, they done me dirty. And you know, over the years, I'm sure there are a lot of people that did do her dirty. But I will tell you that I don't know of any person that I have ever met that was more miserable than Francis. Bitterness will eat you alive. Take away your joy. The most miserable people on the planet are people who refuse to forgive. There's got to be a better way, right? Got to be. And I would like to talk about that better way this morning. And Talk a little bit about biblical forgiveness. I want to talk about the command to forgive. And then I want to talk about a definition. What is forgiveness biblically? And then I want to motivate you. Why in the world would I want to obey that command? And then finally talk a little bit about, well, how do I do it? But first, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And I would suggest to you that it isn't easy to forgive. C.S. Lewis once said this. Forgiveness is a beautiful word until you have someone to forgive. (laughs) Then it gets a little bit harder. But the truth is that when you forgive someone, you're the one who's uh, released to freedom. I'll let you in on a little secret. When you're angry and bitter with someone, you're not hurting them. You're only hurting yourself. The prize of forgiveness is freedom. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's pick it up with verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. The command to forgive just as God in Christ has forgiven you. And there are so many other passages. In fact, let's look at another one from Matthew chapter 18. One day the Lord Jesus was teaching and Peter came to him with a question. Matthew 18 verse 21 says this. Peter came to him and said, should I put this down a little bit more, Dave, you think? Okay, a little feedback there. Peter came and said to him, How often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And I'm sure that Peter thought, yeah, that's pretty generous. The religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, were saying, You know, you need to forgive people, but there's a limit to it. Three times. If somebody sins uh, three times against you, that's the limit. And if it's more than that, you don't have to forgive them anymore. And so Peter... By the way, where did they get that in the scripture? Some of you have been reading the Bible a lot longer than I have. And I've never been able to find that. Three times and you're out. But anyway, Peter said, well, what about seven times? And I'm sure that he thought he would be commended by the Lord Jesus Christ. Seven times, that's pretty generous. But it's interesting what the Lord said to Peter in verse 22. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, what is Jesus saying there? Start keeping track. When you get to 490, that's it. You don't have to forgive anyone. Is that what Jesus is saying? No. If you're keeping track, you have missed the whole point of what Jesus is saying. He's saying, have unlimited forgiveness. But please notice with me that forgiveness is not something that's optional. We are commanded to forgive, just as God in Christ has forgiven us. So maybe it's kind of important to define the term. What is biblical forgiveness? The word that's used translated forgive in Ephesians 42 is the Greek word charizomai, and it means to pardon someone. To pardon someone, to give up any resentment, to stop being angry with the person. And Paul uses that same word in Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you beyond all these things put on love which is the perfect bond of unity so what is forgiveness biblically (laughs) to define it it is to grant a person a pardon to wipe the slate clean I am not going to dwell on this I am not going to plan how I'm going to get even with them I'm not going to slander them I'm going to let go of the hurt, and I'm going to move on with my life. Biblically, forgiveness is to grant that person a pardon. Now, sometimes people say that um, forgiveness is like forgive, forgiving and forgetting. And I want to say to you that only God can forget, and trust me, you are not God. It may not be possible to forget about it. That hurt might continue for the rest of your life. Hopefully it will diminish with time, but biblically, only God can forget about it. The hurt may continue. But you know what? You can choose not to dwell on that. You can let it go and move on with your life. How much should I forgive that person? As much as God has forgiven you. Well, how much was that? Completely. It's as if you never committed the crime. And have you ever asked the question, well, what if that person continues to sin against you? What do you do then? What if he keeps doing something over and over and over again? So they keep forgiving him? Yeah, forgiving him for that? And now Jesus talks about that in Matthew chapter 18. If your brother sins against you, there's a solution to that one. You go to that person and you try to be reconciled. If he repents, you're all set. It's over. If he doesn't repent, take someone with you and deal with the issue. And if it continues to, to be in sin, uh, eventually it goes before the church. And he is, he is disciplined. But regardless, we're still commanded to forgive. It doesn't mean that you leave yourself in a position where that person can continue to hurt you. Are you listening to me on this one? If you loan somebody some money it doesn't repay you, you don't have to keep loaning him money. Or if you're abused as a child, it's incredibly hard. I do not minimize that at all. You need to forgive that person, but you don't leave yourself in a position where that person can continue to abuse you. You walk away from that relationship. And again, don't get revenge. Romans 12.19 says, Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Leave room for the wrath of God. Ooh, step aside. Duck. Let God handle it. If you take revenge, God doesn't have to. Forgiveness needs to come from the heart. Not just an outward show. Not that you're being nice to the person on the outside and you're seething on the inside. You don't rejoice when the bank forecloses on his mortgage and he and his family get thrown out on the street. You know, there's a really interesting verse. I'll just read it to you. It's from Proverbs 24, verses 17 and 18. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. Don't rejoice when your enemy falls. And do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and be displeased and turn away his anger from him. In other words, when that person... Falls, you don't go back and say, yes, yes, that's awesome. Can I read that verse again? Don't rejoice when your enemy falls. Don't let your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and be displeased and turn away his anger from him. Now, full disclosure, you may be thinking, the reason I'm sharing these thoughts with you this morning is because I'm concerned about you. And the answer to that is yes. I am very concerned about you. I don't want you to end up like Francis. I don't want you to be the most miserable person on the planet. I want you to learn, what does this mean? It means to let it go. Full disclosure, I'm not just talking to you. Talking to me this morning. Because if there's anybody on the planet that needs to know what the Bible says about forgiveness, it's yours truly. If there's anybody on the planet that needs to obey God's command to forgive. You're looking at that person right here. None of us have arrived. And as long as we're doing full disclosure, I got something else I want to say. I am not so arrogant as to assume that I'm the only one who ever gets sinned against. Sometimes I'm the party at fault. Sometimes I have to go back and look people in the eye and say to them, I've sinned against you and I want your forgiveness. There's somebody in this auditorium this morning. I called Bill Belly Buttonless Bennett. Bill Bennett, yeah, Belly Buttonless Bennett again. And I shouldn't do that. (laughs) So what I'm saying to you is this. That I need to hear this more than you do. Romans 12, 18 says, if possible, so as depends upon you, be at peace with all men. It doesn't matter if somebody sinned against you or you sinned against them. It's your responsibility, not his, it's your responsibility to go to that person and make it right. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, Therefore, if you're presenting your offering at the altar and remember that your brother has something against you. So here's the picture here. Before the cross, guy's bringing his little lamb to the temple to be sacrificed for his sins. And when he gets there, you're presenting your offering at the altar, and remember that your brother has something against you. You sinned against your brother, and you remember that you are the offending party. Jesus said, Leave your offering there before the altar and go, and first be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. So it doesn't matter if you're the one who's been offended against or you're the one who offended. It is our responsibility to take the initiative. To be reconciled to your brother. If possible, as as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. So the command, not an option. Forgive just as God has forgiven you. Well, what's the definition? What does that mean? Forgiveness means that you're granting that person a pardon. You're wiping the slate clean. You have purpose. I'm not going to dwell on this and become bitter about it. I'm not going to get revenge. I'm not going to slander them. I'm going to let go of the hurt, and I'm going to move on with my life. So let's talk about why would I want to do that? Motivate me. Why should I obey this command? And some of you may be sitting there thinking, you know what, Dan? You have no idea what that person did to me. You have no right to tell me what I ought to do and what I ought not to do. What is it in your life? That person molested me as a child. My wife cheated on me. My dad was never there for me. He viciously slandered me to every person that I hold dear. That person tried to kill me. You know, I was a pastor for almost 40 years and I heard all of those and many, many more. Why in the world would I want to obey God's command to forgive? And I'm gonna talk about that for a minute. again, I'm talking to me, not you. First of all, because we're, we have been commanded to forgive as he has forgiven us completely, to grant that person a pardon. Many of you are familiar with the story of Corrie Boom. Second World War, she and her family had Jews in their home in Holland. And at one time, the Nazis broke into their home, arrested Corrie and her older sister Betsy and their father and carted them off to a concentration camp at Ravensbrück. A slave labor camp. Brutal conditions, overcrowded, vermin infested, barracks, little food, less medicine. And Corey's dad died within a matter of days. Her, she watched as her older sister Betsy got weaker and weaker and eventually died at Ravensbrook. Corey would survive the war and she would write a lot about what happened there. And she would also write about forgiveness. And she compared forgiveness to the letting go of a rope. And I would like to read an excerpt. This is Corey Tengu. If you've ever seen a country church with a bell in a steeple, you'll remember that to get the bell ringing, you have to tug a while. Once it's begun to ring, you merely maintain the momentum. As long as you keep pulling, the bell keeps ringing. Forgiving is letting go of the rope. It's just that simple. But when you do so, the bell keeps ringing. Momentum is still at work. However, if you keep your hands off the rope, the bell will begin to slow down and eventually stop. It's like that with forgiveness. Can you imagine Ravensbrook, what she's saying here? When you decide to forgive, old feelings of unforgiveness may continue to assert themselves. After all, they have lots of momentum, but if you affirm your decision to forgive, that unforgiving spirit will begin to slow and eventually be still. Forgiveness is not something you feel. It is something you do. It is letting go of the rope of retribution. Can I read that last part again? Forgiveness is not something you feel. It is something you do. It is letting go of the rope of retribution. Why should I obey this command? Well, first of all, because God's commanded us to. Secondly, because refusing to forgive will devastate your walk with God. There are so many verses. I picked out Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand... It's not so short that it cannot save. Neither is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. You can't walk with God and live in sin. You just can't do that. I don't know about you, but I want to know God. I want to walk with him. There is no greater joy than being in a right relationship with God. Can I say that again? There is no greater joy than being in a right relationship with God. Psalm 73, verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My life verses, Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for the water brook. Some of you have been to Israel. Some of you have been in the Judean wilderness. It gets hot out there. There's not much water or plant life or anything. And the picture is of a deer wandering around in that hot, dusty wilderness at 110 degrees looking for a drink of water. You ever played golf in Arizona in the summer? I don't play golf, so I haven't. But you get thirsty out there, I would imagine. I'm guessing. I've never done it. But the picture is of a deer in the wilderness Thirsting for a cool refreshing drink as a deer pants for the water brooks the author says that is a picture of my thirsting for God I want to know him I want to walk with him why should I forgive because it will devastate your walk with the Lord okay why else third reason bitterness will steal away your joy it will poison your soul It will make you miserable. Think about the people you know. Who are the most miserable people that you know? I pretty much guarantee that there are people that are just hanging on to some offense in the past. Frances. And again, I don't minimize what Frances went through. I don't. I really don't. I can't imagine. But she became a bitter and angry woman. She was an emotional cripple. She didn't trust anyone. She didn't have any friends. She drove people away. She actually accused her brother of trying to kill her. And when I had her funeral, it was hard for me to kind of find anything nice to say about her. Don't put your pastor in that position. (laughs) Yeah, don't do it. Bitter people are some of the most miserable people on the planet. Bitterness will cause serious health. It can cause... I don't want the sleepless nights and the tension headaches and the high blood pressure and the anger and the depression. I just don't want that. There's a better way. Who is it in your life? You need to let it go. Can I share with you one other bitterness story? Oh, this one's, you thought Francis was sad. You ought to hear this one. 1935, a few years ago, there was an individual who passed away and this is what Mr. Donahue wrote in his will. Quote, Under my two daughters, Francis Marie and Denise Victoria, by reason of their unfilial attitude toward their doting father, I leave the sum of one dollar to each and a father's curse. May their lives be fraught with misery, unhappiness, and poignant sorrow. May their deaths be soon, and of a lingering and malignant nature. And the last line is so vicious, I hesitate to read it, but I will anyway. May their souls rest in hell and suffer the torments of the condemned for eternity. Wow. You think there's a story behind that? What a way to live. I wonder if there's a better way to handle it. Yeah. A fourth reason to forgive is because forgive, uh, refusing to forgive devastates relationships. Do you know anybody in your family that hasn't spoken to another person in the family for years? Got anybody in your family like that? Something that happened 30 years ago and they're still not talking. How about in the local church? Someone offended you, they're not getting along very well. I could tell you stories. I can tell. You. I would tell you about Bill and Nancy, but my wife would get, she would say, don't say that story. But I won't. Okay? I'm not even going to tell them that. The church was without a church secretary. And Nancy said, I'll do it. Just temporarily till we find somebody. And after a few weeks, Bill made some comments that she wasn't doing a very good job. I wasn't there, so I don't really know. But I came later and discovered that for decades, these two people were not getting along. There's got to be a better way. And there is. The command to forgive. Forgive as God has forgiven you. The meaning of forgiveness. To grant the person a pardon. I'm not going to dwell on this. I'm not going to plan revenge. I'm going to let go of the hurt. I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to move on with my life. Why would I want to do that? Because we're commanded to. Refusing to forgive will devastate your walk with God. It'll steal away your joy. Poison your soul. Make you miserable. And it devastates relationships. Well, let's talk for a moment about how to forgive. I think we need to realize that forgiveness is not something that comes natural. What does come natural? When somebody kicks you off, how do you respond? What is the natural response? Punch him in the nose? I don't know. To blow up and become angry? To lay in your bed at night thinking, how am I going to get even with this guy? What is the natural response to someone Who sins against you? That is a natural response. And I would suggest to you that what Jesus is saying to us here is revolutionary. It just doesn't come natural. And I would suggest to you that maybe we need a little help with this. I often say the Christian life isn't all that hard. It's impossible. We need God's help. One of the things that I have found that's very interesting about Ephesians 4 in that passage where we're commanded to forgive. The verse right before that. Ephesians 4.30 And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. By whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Along with all malice. And be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Forgiving each other. Just as God in Christ has forgiven you. That whole passage is in the context of. Of not grieving the Holy Spirit. That we need God's help to do this. And we also need to realize that forgiveness really is a volitional choice. It is to let go of that rope of retribution. And I'm going to move on. But Pastor Dan, you don't know. It hurts so bad. And it may. Only God can forget. You're not God. Hopefully the hurt will diminish with time. But it's a decision. With God's help, I'm going to let go of that rope. And I'm going to move on with my life. Now, nobody said it would be easy. Maybe I should tell you the story about Aunt Edna. I love this story. When she got married, she moved into a home with her new husband uh, on the ranch that he owned. And the first day, she had a little shoebox. And she put it on a shelf in her closet. And she said to her husband, Husband, please, you know, don't touch this box. And he promised that he wouldn't. Years and years and years went by, 50 years, and that end up was declining in health. And so Uncle Jack decided, well, maybe I should start to get some of her affairs in order, and he came to the closet and found the shoe box. What do you think was in it? He pulled it down, he opened the box. There was a lot of money in there, $82,500 and a couple of doilies. Now that stroked his curiosity. What's that all about? And So I took the box to Aunt Edna and asked her, what does this mean? And this is what she said, quoting, my mother gave me that box when we were married. She told me to make a doily to ease my frustrations every time I got mad at you. And so he's thinking to himself, wow, only got mad at me twice? So what's the $82,500 for? She said, that's the money I made selling doilies. I love that story. (laughs) I am telling you, it is impossible to go through life without being offended. You have names right now you're thinking about. The issue is, what are you going to do about it? Biblically, the Lord has said to you and I, we need to forgive, just as God has forgiven us completely. What does forgiveness mean? It means to grant a person a pardon. To wipe the slate clean. I'm not going to dwell on this. I'm not going to get revenge. I'm not going to slander them. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let go of the hurt. And I'm going to move on with my life. Life is too short. Why should I forgive? Because God's commanded us to. Because refusing to forgive. Will devastate your walk with the living God. Because bitterness will steal steal away your joy and poison your soul and make you absolutely miserable and it devastates relationships how do I do that? I need a little help Galatians 5.16 when I walk by the spirit that's when I don't carry out the desires of the flesh it really is our choice the most miserable people on the planet you know them and so do I are people that refuse to let it go When you forgive, you're the one who's released from bondage. The prize of forgiveness is freedom. Forgive, just as the Lord has forgiven you. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, what an awesome God you are. We thank you that we can just take a moment in your presence. We thank you for your great love in sending your son to die so that we might have forgiveness and eternal life. We don't deserve any of that. And Father, I want to thank you so much for your word that gives us principles, commands that are for our good. And we've talked about one of them this morning. Father, you know my heart. I certainly haven't arrived. And I'm sure that's true with everyone here. I pray, Heavenly Father, that today would be a day of decision. That we would say to you, the living God, that that bitterness is just sin. It's wrong. I want to know you, Heavenly Father. I want to obey you. And that today we would make the decision that whoever that person or persons are, that I'm going to wipe the slate clean. I'm going to let go of the rope. And I'm going to move on with my life. Father, thank you that uh, it's so clear we need your help to do that. I pray that our life would be characterized by yielding to you and being filled with your spirit. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen.